0: The Thunderbolts, are they the exciting new heroes the world needs?
1: Thunderbolts, strike!
0: Today makes at least half a dozen times the Thunderbolts have done the job we used to depend on the Avengers
1: for. It allowed us to move among you, disguising who we really are, the masters of evil.
0: In what is now becoming an old story, the
1: Thunderbolts once again save the city. Enough of this hero talk. You will
0: do as you're told. But... He's right. You may be wearing a Songbird costume,
2: but underneath, you're just screaming me.
1: I can expose all of you right now. So you see, you really have no choice. You know what? We're done playing these parts. It's time to win these parts. No one betrays Zemo.
2: Figures just when we go in on this hero thing, our blood runs out. Avengers, Defenders, Thunderbolts, I make any team better. We're a Norman
1: Osborn's A-team. And he's the big man in charge now. This is the team I used to lead. You, honey, are under arrest. You have to fight for what's right every
0: single day, bulletproof skin or not. The Thunderbolts have worked hard to change people's minds about us, but apparently we've got a ways to go.
1: Hey, folks, and welcome to Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts pa- podcast, a fanhole spinoff off podcast. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm going to be your host tonight. And uh, joining me tonight are...
2: I am a Zemo, and a Zemo never runs!
1: Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek W.C.
0: My favorite part was when Johnny Storm said, it's Stormin' time. Hey, guys, this is Tony. <laughs> it's true.
1: That was a good part. I can control
0: gravity. I can do anything.
1: But yeah, so, uh, you know, you know the usual deal. We talk about an uh, issue in the um, Thunderbolts chronology, and then the second half of the show, we do a historical issue uh, that kind of links to the, you know, present issue. So, uh, you know, let's get right into it. I'm going to read a summary. Uh, we're on issue number 17 of uh, Thunderbolts, uh, future movie stars, Thunderbolts, and I feel the more like I guess uh, the more I go on, like, you know, seeing like MCU product rolled out and stuff, the more I feel like the Thunderbolts movie will bear no resemblance to the comics we're discussing. So but, you know, I guess we'll see still like a year or two away. So but whatever we are. Like I said, we are on issue 17 uh, with a cover date of August 1998. Um Written by Kurt Busiek, penciled by Mark Bagley, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Joe Roses, letters by Comicraft Sibohan Hanna, and uh, uh, the editor is Tom Brevoort. And uh, the issue title is Matters of Gravity. So I will read a brief summary, I wrote a brief but grammatically correct summary I wrote for it. The Thunderbolts thought they were fighting the Hulk in a small Wyoming town, but it turned out to be a robot of the Hulk. Upon seeing this, the townspeople witnessing the fight immediately jump to the conclusion that this is another con job on the T-Bolts' part. The Hulkbot attacks again, but Mach 1 warns against engaging it, as it seems to be built for absorbing energy for an unknown purpose. However, just then, the lightning rods arrive on the scene intent on round two with the thunderbolts. The Hulkbot uses the distraction to grab Moonstone and absorb her energy, giving it enough to fulfill its purpose, drawing the ultra powerful supervillain Graviton back to Earth. At Zemo's castle, he and Techno gleefully watch these events unfold. Zemo explains that he's crafted a scenario that has no happy ending for his treacherous former underlings, as either Graviton will kill them, or they'll be blamed for the town's destruction. Before Zemo and Techno can gloat further, Techno is struck in the back by an electromagnetic scrambler putting him down for the count, and the shooter? Zemo is shocked to see Citizen V brandishing his sword before him. But that is impossible! Meanwhile, in Wisconsin, Eric Jostin sits with the deceased body of his brother, Carl, knowing he's failed another person he cared about. Before he leaves, he sees the TV news reporting on the situation in Wyoming and how the Thunderbolts are facing off with Graviton. Eric Jostin comes to a decision. In Wyoming, Graviton revels in his return to Earth by utterly dominating the Thunderbolts and the Lightning Rods in battle. None of them can match his mastery of gravimetric forces, and soon he has defeated them all. Back at Zemo's castle, he and Citizen V cross blades, and Zemo demands to know who the supposed imposter is. Citizen V reveals that he is the true grandson of the original Citizen V that Zemo only posed as, and he will bring Zemo to justice for besmirching his identity cut back to Wyoming, and Graviton has restrained both superhero teams that opposed him, crushing them against a building. He reflects on his journey to this point, how he fought the Avengers and the Fantastic Four before being shoved out of this reality by the Vision and ending up in a pocket dimension. There, the indigenous people of the world, called the Ta worshipped him as a god and gave him the means to eventually locate and signal Earth. Graviton is not aware of who received his signal and enabled his return to Earth, but he finds he just doesn't care. He plans on taking his revenge on all who previously wronged him. But before he can kill his captives, Atlas appear- arrives on the scene and lands on Graviton in giant form. Atlas' ferocious assault allows the T-bolts and lightning rods to escape, but Graviton quickly regains his composure and begins ranting about crushing his enemies. Instead of physically engaging him again, Moonstone thinks quickly and initiates a mind game with Graviton. She points out his tr- lack of true ambition or vision of what he wants from life, and these words sting an uncertain Graviton. He departs, intending to think on this and return with a goal worthy of his godlike powers. While Mach 1 and Songbird happily welcome Atlas back to the fold, Jolt goes after Moonstone for once again providing a temporary solution to a serious problem as she did on Cosmos. Moonstone dismisses the teen and Graviton as is an issue for another day and asks Mr. Immortal if the Lightning Rods intend on trying to take the T-Bolts in again. Seeing the state of the Rods, Mr. Immortal gives them a pass and the T-Bolts depart the scene. In the aftermath, the news can only report what that wanted criminal's got away yet again. At Zemo's castle, he and Citizen V's sword fight continues until explosions ring out in the distance. Citizen V reveals he had previously mined Zemo's castle, and wanted to be face to face with him when they went off, telling the Baron to flee in terror. Far from fuming at being outmaneuvered, Zemo simply tells his opponent that V has earned his enmity, and a Zemo never runs. Zemo walks away from V like a boss, through the exploding halls of his castle, presumably to safety. Soon after, Citizen V watches the remains of Zemo's castle go up in smoke, and vows that he will humiliate and destroy the Baron, and declares the Thunderbolts are also on his list for retribution. So yeah, that's uh, issue 17. Like, I, I was still, you know, reading this off the shelf, and uh, this was another pretty kick-ass issue for me. Like, I I really enjoyed reading it, like, you know, the first time, and I always enjoy rereading it, because, uh, I, I, you know, I think this might have been my first, like, real encounter with Graviton. Like, I think I maybe read, like, his Marvel handbook profile before this. So, I, like, I knew who he was, but I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever read a story with Graviton in it. And, I, you know, eventually, like, I feel like he could I, – I and I, I guess I was proven correct because, like, even reading this first issue with him, I was like, oh, he could be like, you know, the T-Bolts, like, you know – Sort of Magneto level villain or whatever, and like you know, I, I think Busick really had that on his mind too because he shows up again in Busick's run, probably about ten issues from now, and then you know he shows up again in Nisi's run, like so they they really liked coming back to the graviton well, uh, gra- gravity well, <laughs> joke there. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I also like, you know, the them Busek reintroducing Citizen V is a, you know, a sort of third party to, you know, the t bolts versus Zemo conflict. And, uh, you know, that that'll have some future intrigue as well. And like, you know, and this is like another cool like like last issue. This is another cool fight scene issue, which Busick you know, and Bagley excel in. And, you know, this is just another great action-heavy, character-driven issue. And, you know, we're still pretty much on fire here. Like, this is, like, you know, really good stuff. So, uh, I mean, Derek, like, what about you?
2: I was talking to Tony about this last night. I don't think... I don't think... I think we finally caught up to the, the run where I wasn't buying this off the stands anymore. And it's probably unfortunate because I think I think this... Like you said, I I agree with you. I think this issue was kind of on fire. Like, I think... Had I read this, it would have introduced a new mystery, which is basically, you know, who is who is the quote unquote real citizen V. Um, So I think I would I would be, you know, drawn to that in addition to the you know, I guess, you know, my my arguments always been, you know, I I was kind of done with the book when they you know, the the, the reveal happened and the FF and the Avengers kind of took to fighting the masters of evil you know revealed as the thunderbolts and i think you know maybe the cosmos stuff i stuck around for a little bit but i i don't think it was enough to keep me on board and and i i don't yeah i'm pretty sure i i don't think i bought this issue off the stands i mean i know later on i may have you know bought an issue or two whether it was busick or Nisieza. You know, from like, you know, some kind of back issue sale at like comic shops in L.A. or what have you. But that was, you know, that that was sort of much later. So I didn't I don't think I regularly bought Thunderbolts on on a regular basis until Probably the, the new Thunderbolts relaunch, I'm guessing. Like, you know, the Grummet stuff or whatever, you know, that Niciasa wrote. Like, I remember frequently buying that on a religious basis. But I think I think my reading of the book is very spotty after this point. And, uh, oh, I guess just for a point of interest, I, I think you mentioned it. But I think the RS in the RS and, you know, comic craft stands for Richard Starkings. I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for um, for the lettering. Um, the cover I think is a pretty epic cover, but I feel like a hypocrite because it's kind of a metaphorical cover, right? Like Graviton is the big bad, but he's not literally that big. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't grow to the size of a Galactus or a Sentinel or whatever. And so I found myself thinking about it going, is that confusing for new readers? But then I felt like a hypocrite because I was thinking it's a standard comic trope this kind of you know metaphorical you know metaphysical like whatever you want to call it this 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 thing where the image of the bad guy is larger than life you know on on a cover and i was thinking eh, it's kind of like the cover of justice league 185 like dark side's on that cover fighting all the justice league and dark side is you know galactus sentinel size but if you read the story from justice league of america 185 he does not grow to you know giant size either right and i'm so i'm sitting there thinking to myself you know i'm curious what you guys thought of it but like do you think that would be confusing to people do you think everybody's already in the know like like because because graviton's not i mean graviton's a well-known character maybe to comic fans to people that read avengers and stuff like that or or you know I, i i think you know, some of his exposure in media now is, is a little greater, right? Like he was on the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon and they did a version of him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, I mean, before that point, at least at the point that somebody was reading, you know, Thunderbolts in 1998, he, he did not have a high profile necessarily. So I guess I was curious what you guys thought of the cover and if you're if you're cool with the kind of metaphorical nature of the cover or or if you if you had the same thoughts as me that you know wait a minute I I was gypped. you know Graviton does not grow to a giant size in this comic book.
1: Well, let, let me tell you, like speaking as someone like I said who probably had never read Graviton or recognized him on the when I first picked up the cover, like I you know I don't think I thought oh they're fighting a giant guy uh, like in this issue when I first picked the issue up. Like I I, I, I might have not have recognized him until until they said his name because Bagley gives him a cool new like design or whatever but like I, I i don't think i picked up this issue and looked at it and said oh they're fighting some giant guy in this issue i probably thought oh who's this guy like i don't know tony like have you ever read this before
0: uh actually i have uh we were talking about this like again last night with uh derek and i was like i started reading this and i was like i've read this before i remember the fake hulk and all this stuff man and graviton i i, I would actually. Put on there as like, like you said, one of the Thunderbolts' reoccurring villains. He just keeps showing up, you know, and that's that's actually pretty cool because um, to offer a I don't know a similar idea, but maybe a a, a certain perspective is like he is like a B plus villain, like he he is like a maelstrom, or he's like. Really fucking powerful. Like, he has, like, this ability to be a top level bad guy, like a Thanos or a Magneto or either of that. But he just, like, you know, like, his, his biggest problem is he has a huge ego. He, he thinks too much about himself and he wants to be considered a god. But he's not a pushover. He's not someone you could just, like, you know, take for granted. And, man, I mean, it, it shows in this, uh, you know, issue. He, he, he basically leaves because he's like, Hmm, maybe I could be a bigger villain. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what should I do? Um, but like Graviton does have immense power and it's, it's really funny because like the only thing keeping him like, I guess saddled in or, or restricted is like his ego. He, he thinks he's more important than he is, but at the same time, the writers know that too. They know that Graviton is not a big player in the Marvel universe, so they know how to play it. Like, they know how to, like, you know, especially in this issue, like, you know, they make him a threat, but they know that a lot of people don't know Graviton. Or they know that, like, who is this guy? What could he do? Like, why is he a big deal? it's, It's a very cool way of writing someone who... Like, needs to be a threat, but at the same time, you can't have him being too powerful, because, like, I mean, who's going to use him? You know, like, you know, Kurt Busiek is probably, like, you know, fond of the character, but, like, he knows where his lane is. You know, you can't make Graviton, like, you know, a character who's going to have, like, a multi-arc issue with like, you know... The Avengers of like, you know, Graviton G- a you know, like he's not gonna be that guy. You know. Uh
1: but at the same think, time I think, he could be think a, you
2: just yeah. I think you just invented like a new crossover term, me. Gravomania <laughs> and Graviton's gonna be at the center of oh, it. Oh god, yeah.
1: The spies who listen to this podcast are gonna yeah, report to Marvel. Like I got a new I got
2: a new crossover for you. I got a new idea for Gravamania. Grabomania. we gonna have we're gonna have <laughs> Graviton, we're gonna have all kinds of gravity guys. We're gonna
1: have lodestone. Um, we're gonna have <laughs> oh, oh, and the, the main hero could be gravity.
2: The main hero can be gravity. Yeah, gravity. is back. Green light it. Green light it. We'll send it to the, we'll it to the shop, Larry. <laughs> but You're no, gonna... but
0: like, he, he's a, he, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good, like, solid, like, powerful enemy that's not going to change the world you know he, he's strong enough to beat the heroes but he doesn't
1: if that makes sense you know? yeah like like graviton is a great like punching bag i feel like like he's like he's powerful enough to take on a whole team and he's, yeah, like, he's got, like, you know, you know, obvious personality, like, weaknesses and stuff. And, like, I don't, like, I was very happy to see him, like, show up. Like, I remember, like, watching the premiere of, like, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And he was, like, the main villain in that. And, you know, I think they did him justice on that cartoon for the most part. He was a great, like, first threat for the, you know the Avengers to fight. And, you know, they, they had him like lifting like all of Manhattan or something on that cartoon or something. And I was kind of like, yeah, like, see, like that's his power level. Like that's, he's like Magneto level. He's really powerful. And like that's why I was like I was really happy that like you know they they made him like the Thunder like the Thunderbolts had a like villain like on that level. Like so I would you know I I've always had a soft spot for him because of that. And I kind of wish there was a Marvel Legends of him in this costume.
0: Yeah, the updated costume. Yeah,
1: yeah, that'd be that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Or even the classic costume, even as bad as it looks, <laughs> you know, it's like still pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I would say that like the the one thing I I like the one reason I miss this in my memory is I kind of erased the lightning rods in my head cuz I didn't really like them that much. But at the same time, this was during the time where Moonstone was pre- was pretty much the leader. And you know, she was very much the anti-leader. Like, she was helping the team, but she was still, you know, Moonstone, you know? It's like, you know, she had that bad girl mentality, and she's like, we gotta do this, you know? Because we, we can't fucking survive, you know, if we play nice. And then, like, the other team is like, no, we're, we're, we're trying to be heroes. You know what I'm saying? It's like... They were kind of conflicting with her. Uh, same with Atlas, you know, coming back, you know, uh, Justin, you know, he's like, you know, like, I fucked up. I got to come back and help. And it made me forget about the lightning rods. It was like, oh, like, yeah, this is why I kind of got out of the Thunderbolts because I was more invested in like the the villains trying to turn a new leaf or not really trying to turn a leaf, but like just working the system. And it was just like you know, and I, I know why you like this, Mike. You know, it's like we get a citizen B. Who's that citizen B? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, like I, I mean, this was the, was the start of like you know. I always thought that was a cool design. And I was like, oh, cool. Like there's a new like citizen B. Like I was glad he brought it back. Yeah,
0: I I, I, I do forget. Like, is this the swordsman's son?
1: Um, no. Do you, like, I don't know, Derek, do you remember who this Citizen V, like, ends up being? Like, I I do. I just don't want to, like, I don't know, like, if I should, like, spoil it, I guess, or should we, like, you know, take it, like, because it won't be revealed until, like, issue 30-something, I think.
2: Yeah, it's a long time before this gets revealed. Well, oh okay, okay. well sure. honestly, okay.
1: honest like first of all, honestly, I don't think Kurt Busick knew who it was at the at this point. Like well, I, that, I think that's
2: he, that's true. This does have that whole changing of the guard thing too, right? Like
1: Yeah, like I mean, he says Citizen V says, you know, he's the grand, the real grandson of the the original Citizen V, who, like, you know, Zemo claimed to be when he was like doing the hero pose. But ultimately, it doesn't like when this Citizen V is unmasked, it doesn't turn out to be that. So, like, yeah. you know, but
0: I mean, I mean, I mean, I think I think this is fair to say because it won't be a spoiler. But there, there is kind of a a weird retcon. Well, not weird. It's just, I mean, it's a retcon. Where there's the B Brigade, where there has been an ongoing legacy of Citizen B. And, like, yeah. ap- apparently, like, Zemo stole that valor, basically.
1: Yeah. Like the, the V Battalion is a big old like retcon kind of like, you know, and they, they it's kind of what do you call it? Well, you know, th- we'll get into it, obviously, like probably years from now. But like, yeah, what, what I'll say for right now, in case, you know, if anyone doesn't want like, you know, 20 something year old spoilers or whatever, is that I don't think Busick knew where he was going with this new Citizen V yet. And mm-hmm. like, you know, when he finally does, you know have a direction for it. I think Nisieza takes over by the time yeah, the I- yeah. identity's revealed, and by then, it's, like, it's one of those things, it's, like, if you squint, it works, but there are, like, problems with it, like, kind of, where you're, like, wait, I don't know if that, like, I think I, I said in a previous, like, episode of this show, like, I was, like, you know, oh, like, if you're paying attention and, and if you know where the Citizen V mystery is going, like, this timeline doesn't quite line quite up. Line or, up, right? But, yeah, yeah like, but, yeah, you know, it's it's like, right, speaking for this moment, yeah, like, I was, like, really invested in it, and, you know, it's a great new, like, I, again, like, I love the design, and I'm glad, like, you know, Busek's making sure it's not going to waste.
2: Yeah, I mean, introducing Citizen B, as you said, like, as a third party is fun, and then that sword fight between citizen v and zemo is pretty awesome i mean it's fun you know like it's 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 kind of swashbuckling and all that kind of stuff and makes for some good action moments it 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 catches zemo off guard you know like he you know him and techno are sitting there like you said they're they're cackling away they're they're gloating and and in the middle of their big gloat bro session you know somebody comes in and pulls the rug out from under them and, and puts them on edge so that's that's fun and, and ramps up the tension. The the stuff with the Thunderbolts that Tony was talking about, like, you know, Moonstone, like, I thought it it's fun that Moonstone, like, she thinks she's got it all figured out and she's going to sneak up on Graviton, but she can't even do that, you know? So eventually, yes, she has to sort of resort to head shrinking him right which is you know i don't know it i guess it's she she gets the victory but i mean at best it's a stalemate for the team because like you guys kind of hint at you know graviton will return it's not like this is the last they've seen of graviton so it does a good job of having some you know i guess you know not not to diminish either team or whatever but you know you said like, oh well, Graviton's a guy who can fight entire teams, and the the hints of that are, you know, they, Graviton's fought the Avengers, Graviton's fought the Fantastic Four, you know, Graviton's fought you know, Cosmic Powered Spider Man, like people of of considerable power, right? But. You know, in this case, he's kind of fighting two, you know, B C list teams at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like e- even for him, you know, even if Graviton's not that well known, I mean, you know, Graviton is kind of poking fun, especially at the the Lightning Rods, you know, because it, it is kind of like he's 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 uh, slumming it, fighting these these two teams or whatever, because they're not they're not quite up to his usual standards or whatever. And, and I thought, you know, one thing I thought that was a nice bit in this issue was the the way you see the public reaction to the fight with the robot Hulk, you know, like that, that they go, oh, this was just another scam. Like they're trying to make us think they're good guys again by setting up a fake fight between a robot Hulk. And I went, oh, damn, that's a really good, you know twist on it's not reality, or, you know, I guess depending on, you know, if you want to be all Obi-Wan Kenobi about it and shit, it's true from a certain point of view if you think that, you know, Zemo and and Techno are the ones that sent out the robot, right? But, you know, for for the sake of the story, our protagonists, the people that we're supposed to be rooting for, you know, Jolt and, and the Thunderbolts team, right, they did not plan that, but the people, the public opinion is already stacked against them. So again, that makes for good drama, good tension, you know, and and enables them to have a lot of cool character bits, you know, basically, you know, sowing distrust in the public. And then in some ways, I mean, it's kind of like Busick getting that, I don't know, some of that that X-Men popularity, you know, it's like they're fighting for a world that hates and fears them, but, because they used to be criminals, like they we just leave that part out of it, you know, like, but it's still trying to get some of that, you know, pathos or whatever, you know, like that, that whole thing. I, I love you. You were talking about the gloating. Like, I, I think the best Zemo line in the whole thing is when they're talking about, you know, their revenge on the, the Thunderbolts, you know. And, and, and Techno's talking about, oh, yeah, we'll get our revenge either way and stuff like that. And and then Zemo's like, are at least the first taste of it, yes. Win or lose, they are worse oft than before, and we are the unseen authors of their misery. You know, like, I, I think that's like a cool... I don't know. There's something poetic about the way he says it. It's like he's poning them and he's doing it with style, like all in the privacy of his own little Mexican castle or whatever, you know? like So I think that's, that's super cool. Zemo and Techno, the original
1: internet trolls.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Just to finish off, I, I was just going to say, I think um, Atlas's character arc, like you mentioned, Tony, is great. You know, like his whole... You know, gotta stop running away. Arc like it comes to a head here, and then him going to, you know, going to pound town on a uh, graviton is like a, a great, you know, triumphant moment for the character. It's 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 a really great climactic moment. It's it's him being, you know, the Han Solo, you're all clear, kid. Let's let's punch graviton in the face and go home type moment. You know, so that's that's a lot of fun, and I mean, you know, just overall, like this is. You know, I—I I guess I, I'm not saying I regret me bailing on the book, but I think had I had I stuck around for this issue, maybe I would have been, you know, lured in or or or, or held on and and kept going with it for a, lo- a little longer. I am a big fan of the Great Lakes Avengers. I, I
0: I have a soft spot for that team, and and them, you know, being like you know. All, they always have to fight like Graviton or Maelstrom or like the most worst like villains that they are so overpowered by. And it's like, you know, sorry. It's like a fat chick, a, p- a pterodactyl woman, a guy who can't die, who has like depression and like, you know, probably the biggest, like, you know, powerful guy is like, uh, the, the guy who eventually becomes like, you know, the, uh, harbinger of like, uh, maelstrom uh got door doorman because <laughs> he crossed dimensions and like i I've, I've always had a soft spot for like the great lakes Avengers, uh flatman and like they, they were just like they're a parody but like even the thunderbolts are like you guys are kind of cool you know <laughs> it's like you actually put in the work and they're like yeah we're gonna go get some you know tea Go get some poutine, or not? Not poutine. That's Canada. Uh, Great Lakes. Says so we're gonna go get some uh, waffle fries and like you know drink some coffee. But like you know, I, I like that little mix-up. You know, it's like because that's what the Thunderbolts have to do. They have to like get into the good graces of the public, and at this point, they their their name has been thrown through the mud. And like you said, Derek, uh the, the fun thing with uh Zemo is like even techno is kinda like, so what's the end game? It's like they will be punished, you know, they will be humiliated, and this is the first step, and it's like really you're you're like that butthurt, because like this team of bad guys you you pretty much put together and told them that they could be heroes for like a facade actually got, you know, cheered as heroes. And they're like, Oh shit. Like, do we have to be bad? You know, it's like, it's like that meme It's like, are we the bad guys? And they, they change course, you know? I mean, I mean, that's probably why you like Thunderbolt Tyson.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the driving force of these original stories and stuff. And I, you know, I, that's my favorite status quo for the T Bolts. I think it should always be sort of a redemption story, which is why I said earlier it's like I'm increasingly likely I feel like that the movie's not going to be anything like these comics. So, you know, no. I guess we'll see. But yeah. But anyway, do you guys have any final thoughts about this issue or do you want to move on to our historical portion?
2: I'm I'm good with moving on. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, this is one of my, you know, again, another great issue. And, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll take a quick break with a commercial and then we'll move on to our historical portion of the show. Just when you thought it was safe to hear our podcast promo. J.L.
0: May. Brave and bold. Comic books. J.L. May. JL May, do 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 do, brave and the bold, do 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 do, comic books, do 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 do. JL May, JL May, do 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 brave and the bold, do 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 comic books, do 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 do. JL May, JL May, brave and the bold, JL May.
1: The annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back. And we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George Freakin-Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlook Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023.
2: Coming this May. JL make do do to do to do, brave and the bold do do to do to do comic books do do to do to do Mephisto.
0: Hey
1: That it? Is that what you want? Things I do for this show. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that commercial. Uh, and now we will move on to our historical portion of Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning. So I will turn it over to Derek, who usually makes the uh, you know the picks for the historical uh, version. Uh, Derek, what what did you have us read?
2: Yeah, so I mean, there, there were a number of options I could have gone with. There were plenty of things that were referenced in the issue that maybe I could have been super obvious about, but. I, I also, sometimes when I look at these, I, I look at, is this a done-in-one or as close to a done-in-one issue as I can get? And I, I try to focus on that as well. And coincidentally, this is my first introduction to Graviton as a character. And it is going to be Fantastic Four, issue 322. The cover date was January 1989, but the on-sale date was September 27th, 1988, The cover price was a whopping 75 cents. The title, Between a Rock and a Hard Place. The cover credits are Penciler, Ron Friends, Inker, Joe Sinnott. Or wait, I'm probably saying that wrong. I think think actually somebody told me it was Joe Sinnott or something like that. So maybe I've been saying it wrong all these years. Anyway, writer Steve Englehart, Penciler, Keith Pollard, Inker, Joe Sinnott. Letterer, John E. Workman Jr., colorist, George Russo, editor, Ralph Macchio. And the story goes something like this. Graviton stands on a building-sized boulder hurtling through the vacuum of space towards Earth. He recalls how the West Coast Avengers caused him to lose control so that his orbital base actually was repelled from the planet. Now on a corrected course, Graviton notices an amazing gravitational anomaly in New York City and decides to investigate. Meanwhile, on the streets of New York, bikes, fire hydrants, and even mailboxes are attacking the city as the Fantastic Four, The Thing, a.k.a. Ben Grimm, Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Sharon Ventura, and The Human Torch, a.k.a. Johnny Storm, arrive on the scene to assist. After saving folks from the demonically possessed city structures, the Thing tells Miss Marvel that there may be a way for her to return to her human form by simply willing it to be so. The Human Torch picks up his wife, Alicia Masters, at their apartment and takes her to Four Freedoms Plaza, Fantastic Four headquarters, for safekeeping during the Inferno event. Elsewhere, Aaron, the Watcher, and Dragon Man view Johnny Storm and Alicia kissing through a portal on the 100th floor of the Empire State Building. Aaron, the Watcher, is collecting cell samples from the Fantastic Four for his power-hungry purposes, and then spies that Graviton has finally arrived on Earth and New York City. Graviton quickly discerns that the Limbo Dimension is encroaching upon our own dimension, but before he can use that information to his own advantage, The Thing and Miss Marvel double-slam Graviton with power punches. Graviton uses his gravitational powers to fend off the attack and holds them to the street floor with oppressive gravity. The Human Torch shows up, but Graviton creates a vacuum to remove all the oxygen and stuff out Johnny's flame. Graviton then not only drops an entire building on the FF, but tries to use gravitational forces so that Miss Marvel and the Thing's bodies will crush the unconscious Johnny Storm. The Thing swears he won't pulp his friend and wakes up the kid in time for him to burn his way through the rubble. Now, round of two power is on. Once again, the Human Torch faces Graviton, but this time the Torch pushes his flame to a higher level. Gravity may be a fundamental force, but so too is fire, yells the Human Torch. The torch compares his power to that of a sun and starts doing fake-ass ninja jutsu duplicate Naruto after-image flame bodies to throw Graviton off his game. As Graviton makes a break for cover, the thing emerges and kawams Graviton with a left cross. Aaron the Watcher is still observing the battle from his portal, and with the results of the conflict over, begins to question his own future plans. With Graviton defeated, the Thing tells Torch to flame off, but the Torch finds he has to put in more effort than usual to make that a reality. Johnny is left extremely concerned with this current potential body horror, and suspects that his problems are tied into the Inferno craziness still affecting the entire city the end or i guess to be continued or you know go read x-men comics or whatever so but yeah that's that's uh fantastic four issue 322 so yeah i mean the main reason is is you know we we had the thunderbolts fighting graviton and this is a, a another historical moment where graviton is once again fighting the heroes of the marvel universe and this time it's the fantastic four this is a, for me, I, I guess th- this is something I've come to realize. But but for me, this is, this is a very uh, definitive era of the Fantastic Four. I, I love the look of what I refer to as the super thing. Like, I love that look and this era of Fantastic Four in general. Though, for me, I've sort of come to realize, for the most part, like, this era is probably equivalent to like the Bomber Jacket Avengers or Justice League Detroit for the majority of Fantastic Four readers. I think the majority of Fantastic Four readers look at this and go, this is not Fantastic Four. But for me, it's it's kind of like the prime era of my nostalgia with Fantastic Four. These were early Spinner rack books. And then when I made the transition to comic shops, I was still buying this off the stands, and that's what this was. I probably got it from... You know, Comic Zone and Fremont or something like that. It was something early, uh, in in my you know collecting and whatnot. Um, the cover's are really nice Ron Friend's Sinat cover. Uh, it's got the little Inferno triangle tie-in logo in the upper right corner, and I, I really like the look of determination and defiance on the Super Thing's face in that cover. Even though he's pinned down by the gravity forces and everything, uh, Keith Pollard's pencils have always been kind of classic looking to me. I mean, I think, you know, friends has a, a a Kirby flavor to his pencils, I think, and and Keith Pollard I think has that kind of burn flavor to his pencils, you know, so it's like I, I you know, when 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 Keith Pollard was doing issues of Superman after Burn left, it seemed like a nice transition and so I I guess I associate, you know, those styles. It's a clean, nice style uh and very Kind of classic looking to me. Um, I guess it's worth mentioning that you know, even though I make fun of X Men, you know, every now and then, like Inferno is my favorite X Men story. So I, I, you know, my nostalgia is certainly not small when it comes into Inferno tie-ins. Even though this is a, a meager tie-in, it's not. It's not a very entrenched tie-in. I, you know, I still remember. You know, this this was my prime era of. Buying into the hype of of crossovers and tie-ins and getting every little chapter and and kind of you know sponging it all up as a little kid and everything like that and I, I guess I will say that the 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 differences between the historical issue and and I guess the the thunderbolts issue that I'll just point out is that the to me uh, both had I think fun and exciting battles. I think in in the terms of the Fantastic Four issue, I, I think the battle was well-balanced in terms of the, the the characters, whereas I think in the Thunderbolts issue, I, I think Mike said in his description, you know, Graviton dominates them. Like, the only way they win is through this kind of mind game of of Moonstones, basically. But as far as power to power he dominates the hell out of his opponents. Whereas in this, it's like he shows up, he dominates, and that's round one. But then they go into round two, and then the FF kind of come right back and bring it to him. So, I mean, in, in some sense, that's kind of well-written because both parties don't look bad. It's like Graviton doesn't look like a poser. He did beat them initially. You know what I mean? And, and the FF don't look like posers because... They, they might be on the ropes, but then they get to come back in round two. You know, this is a textbook definition of round of two power right down to, you know, Johnny Storm, you know, coming out and, and you know. Basically almost going, you know, Nova Flame, you know, comparing his powers to the sun, you know, turning it all around on Graviton as powerful as he is. And so, you know, that that's these are the kind of things you would point to in the Wizard World Superhero Showdown forums and go see Johnny Storm, like, you know, made Gale Force wins and he, he he made Graviton run away from him. Like so Johnny Storm, it's like that's the you know, or or when they would have these, you know. List list Johnny Storm's greatest feats, you know, like this would be a great feat of Johnny Storm or whatnot. it It also had me thinking of shit like Akira, you know, like like all, all it would take is a little Alan Moore tweak for this story to end on like a horrible Akira note where like Graviton really does make the 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 super thing body and the Miss Marvel thing body like smush Johnny Storm into a pulp and and it gets all. Miracle Manny and stuff like that, but thankfully none of that happens here. But but Johnny Storm was 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 just that close to to becoming pulp and everything. So like the the tension, the 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 stakes of the story, even though it was kind of a a side tie in to Inferno, I think the stakes of the immediate battle were still pretty high and everything like that. So you know, I mean, I guess. I could see, you know, if somebody's like a huge Graviton fanboy, you know, maybe they think Graviton got pwned at the end or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I'm fine with it. Like, like this to me is kind of a classic, fun, nostalgic story for me. And and it was the first time I encountered Graviton. I mean, I think I think I encountered Graviton here. And then the other thing that that's very memorable to me is him encountering spider-man during acts of vengeance right and and that comes i think immediately after this like the next time you see graviton he's he's encountering spider-man like i think right before he gets his cosmic powers and then when he has his cosmic powers and then they had that other like crazy rematch where again he didn't have his cosmic powers with all the people that wanted payback for getting their asses handed to him during acts of vengeance right so you know, and I and I know he's much more famous for being in the gym shoot uh, yeah, the gym shooter written Avengers run, you know, like kind of, you know, going mono a mono or how how I don't know if you can do that with a team, but you know, mono a Teemo or what whatever the fuck the term is, you know, like he went you know, Graviton took on the Avengers head on, and that's that's where most people I think we're introduced to him because that's where he first appeared. But you know, he was he was traditionally an Avengers villain, fought the West Coast Avengers and the Avengers. But you know, for me, this is where I was first introduced to him, and and it's sort of like a classic story. So I just figured, you know what, this this will be fun. It's kind of a done in one one off thing, and and I figured it'd just be something you know fun to take a look at if if i and i don't know if you guys have read this before or if this is brand new to you or what but you know again i'm always curious what you guys what you guys think what you have to say as far as i go
0: um i think the most interesting thing is like the art style is very like almost 60s you know (laughs) it's like very clean lines and like you know I don't know if I like it or if I dislike it. I'm 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 kind of weird that way. Because I'm going with a uh perspective of reading the thunderbolts comic and then reading this. And it's like we have four color comics now. <clears throat> From where we have progressed to the the you know next level of digital coloring and stuff. But at the same time it's like I don't know if people hate or like, like you said, Derek, if they hate or like the, uh, Rocky thing, you know, Miss Marvel, like Miss Marvel. Hey guys, she used to be a thing. She used to be a she thing. <laughs> that was a thing. How many times can I say thing? Um, and it was Medusa and, uh, Johnny uh, Storm. Medusa crystal. It was crystal crystal. It was crystal. Yeah, it was crystal. Um, uh, and Johnny Storm, Crystal doesn't show up in this because Johnny Storm had a thing with Crystal for a minute, but he's totally with uh, Alicia Masters now, which is a thing with you know Benjamin Grimm. He's he's trying to be cool with it. It, it doesn't show up in this issue at all. But then you know have, you have Graviton in his like classic outfit, and it's it, it's like it's like kind of an old school throwback in a way. It's
2: I, like think, just a big I think battle. part of that yeah. is I think part of that is Joe Sinat, you know, like it probably if you look, Joe Sinat had inked some of those comics from the 70s and the 60s and whatnot. And I think that's like the through line, right? Because depending on who's inking Keith Pollard, I mean his work could look as modern as Burns did at the time. But I think with the, the Sinat line, you know, like that's um uh that's that that's part of that vibe that you're getting from the art
0: in, in, in comics. It's like, we, we try to uh, pick our favorite eras, and some people don't like this era. They don't like, you know, this thing leading the fantastic four era just because of storytelling, just because of like, you know, the character choices. It This was like a really fun direct. That's, that's what I'm trying to say is like, this was a new idea. You know, we have Miss Marvel who like even even Graviton is like, you're not the thing. You know, you're you're uh, you know, you're a woman, you know, and, and and Graviton is still pompous and an arrogant asshole as he is. And, you know, when I said, you know, it's storm time. We have Johnny like, you know, controlling his powers, but he's like, wait, how did I do that? You know, it's like, he's like, I did a thing, but now I can't power down.
1: I'm pretty sure I've never read this before. Like, I, I've read Burns run on Fantastic Four, but I haven't read Englehart's run. I do know, like, a lot that happens in it. Like, I do know, like, you know, the lineup was changed. Like, you know, the Human Torch was, like, you know, more prominent. Like, you know, he was almost the leader at this point. It was the whole thing. You know, we married Alicia and you know, they they crystal was added to the team, so then he had like and crystal was all like on the outs with Quicksilver, so she wanted to get back with him. So I know, like, there's all that like tension or whatever. Yeah, there's
2: like the, the love triangle type stuff, yeah, the, the so. drama. Yeah.
1: yeah, but, no, like, I, I mean, this seemed to kind of, like, you know, familiar, though, because, like, Graviton has the exact same, like, kind of vibe where he's, mm-hmm. like, he shows up on Earth, he was away from Earth again, like, because, like, he's so powerful, the only way they can, you know, get rid of him is send him somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, they, so, they like,
2: basically have to banish him off to space all the yeah, time. Yeah, so,
1: like, he comes back to Earth, he's like, what shall I do? Like, let me get revenge, and then, like, you know, the heroes attack him, and then he gets, like, you know, they have to see him off somehow, but... I, I did like you know this like I was gonna say like you said like this is a good uh, spotlight for like the Human Torch's power level and stuff mm-hmm. like and how, what things he can do like I like that whole panel where Graviton's like running away and his thought bubbles like I must flee like a craven dog or something <laughs> like you know like that, that, that's yeah that's pretty funny but uh, uh but yeah look like, well, I I also like you know. It's, it's almost like I, I felt bad for him almost where he's like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm finally back on Earth. Like, what shall I do? And then like the next panel is like she thing and thing like just colliding with him. Like I was like, dude, yeah. like maybe like, you know, I I get that he's super powerful and you got to take him out fast. But like let the dude like get like gather his bearings. first. <laughs> let him, let like, him
2: eat a fucking sandwich first. Yeah. Him down
1: yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, no, I, I agree with Tony that the art was, you know, it seems I, I like, you know, I was kind of like, when does this take place? And I'm like, oh, this is taking place during Inferno. And I was like, oh, OK. Like uh, I was like, oh, it, the art does make it seem like it's taking place a little like earlier than that. But like, yeah. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I enjoyed this issue. I think it was a good spotlight for, you know, Human Torch and, and Graviton. And, you know, I like, you know, the, the rest, the, the thing and she thing or, uh you know uh, still uh, was isn't wasn't it at this point like where like she thing didn't like wanna turn back into like her because right, right. Yeah. She, she was like she
2: she seemed fairly like happy with who who she i you know i i i feel like she, you know that character she had some. Some issues, right? Especially when she, before she became uh, thingy, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know what I mean? Like she had a lot of like issues in her past, and and kind of, you know, I, I guess the most polite way to put it is there. There were a lot of mental health type things going on with her, and I think once she became yeah. the she thing, then a lot of those things kind of went away, or, or or helped with that. because well, you know? Ben helped her. Ben, ben was a really good guide for her. Yeah. 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 And so so and and it, yeah, it wasn't like she was the only one that looked like this and she wasn't very inward about it. She had someone to to share the the journey with and all that other stuff. So like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think I, that's kind of why that that scene is the way it is. That's why she's kind of so shocked is is she's like, oh, I can. But but, the, you know, then she has to think, like, do I really want to like, you know, there, there, there's those aspects that are a bit soap opera-y, you know, to this and, and I think that was one of them, you know where it was like kind of soap opera or whatever. I, I, I think this too, like, beyond Johnny Storm I, I feel like indirectly it's a nice showcase for the powers of the thing, because it's like, dude drops a fucking building on them you know, like, and they're cool so it's like, I don't want to hear any stupid shit about, you know, people can take down the thing or whatever because dudes had a fucking building dropped on them, you know He's punching whales, man. Monster right, whales yeah. that the mole man yeah. sends after him. Yeah, like, I
1: mean there's like, not a super, pushover. When he when he looks like this, when he's like what you call like super thing, like isn't it like he's the strongest he's ever been, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I
2: mean he's not he's he's not as fast, you know, he, he's not speedy, right? Compared to say like the Hulk or whatever, right? Like he can't he can't leap or whatever. He can't cover a lot of ground unless he's you know, flying around in a fantastic car or a sky cycle or something like that. But I mean, as far as like sheer power goes, like, I mean, at bare minimum, he's supposed to, I always thought of it as he's supposed to be twice as strong as he was, you know, when he's just standard Rocky thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Rock thing is, is pretty much on par with like
1: medium, angry Hulk, <laughs> not super angry Hulk, but like, <laughs> you know look at medium power and i think we all well, like discuss like you yeah. know derek you would like a super thing like marvel yeah legit.
2: yeah yeah i i i would probably get a kick out of whatever representation of of this this version of the thing that i could get my hands on you know
0: yeah even 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 buckethead thing would you would you like a miss marvel thing
2: I mean, you know, th- then it gets into the whole, like, are you trying to team build something, you know, and it's like, I, I, right? I, I suppose, I mean, th- th- it's like, the thing is, if you release this thing, then do you have the, the, the hey. Marvel she thing? And do you get a crystal figure, you know, like that whole thing? So, right? Yeah,
0: true, true.
2: Yeah, that's fair. And 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 then do you want do you want a two pack with like the she thing and Sharon Ventura as Miss Marvel, right? Like so you have both versions. Or
0: and then we have to address the the elephant in the room: why don't we have a graviton at all?
2: Because I guess because people made tons of customs of graviton, I suppose.
1: (laughs) we don't even we don't even have a crystal yet, do we? No, no, no.
2: no, no. Never had a crystal.
1: No. Yeah. We had a Cersei. We had a crystal,
2: a crystal yeah. And that Cersei doesn't count. It's no, it dumb, doesn't. It's a dumb movie. It's a movie. a that crystal. crystal. Watch, like, watch that's the that's like saying we have we have two mantis figures. But <laughs> like, I want the real mantis.
1: Watch. They'll they'll make a crystal of the stupid bad TV show in humans. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I think. Yeah, I don't. think we. I think we dodged the, that bullet a long time ago. There. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, I want these love triangle three packs. If anyone's listening, you can steal my idea and it'll make you billions, Hasbro. Love triangle three packs, just like that. Jean Grey, Wolverine, Cyclops, Cyclops love triangle three pack. Keep keep it going. Swordsman, Mantis, and Vision in a three pack. You Damn. want um, you you want bomber jacket, Black Knight with the lightsaber with. Cersei with the bomber jacket and Crystal with the bomber jacket. But I am also asking that you have swap out arms so they can take off the jacket and have no jacket, but you can get both in the same three pack. That's or or, or, or make it make it a HazLab if it's so fucking complicated.
1: After this episode was recorded, a bomber jacket Cersei and Black Knight two pack was announced by Hasbro. The fan holes claim responsibility for this release, particularly Justin, who loves bomber jackets so much he should marry them.
2: Love triangle feedbacks. Steal my do, idea. Do, do it. Do it. Do, do it. do it. Do you want
0: Invisible Woman with a cutout boob? Manly, manly man. Namor and really fucking haggard, fucking Reed Richards.
2: <laughs> uh, they'd probably just do a bunch of reuse. But you know what would be, you know what would be badass is it, they can do that if it was. If it was what you were saying, like the '90s boob window Sue Storm, and then you could use like the '90s Jay Lee Namor that nobody would want but me, and then you could do like the the stubbly, like bearded, like right. lost in the fucking whatever after he died, uh, Reed with his little uh, 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 vest or whatever. Like if it was if yeah. they changed it up a little bit and made it like super '90s. I, I would be behind that love triangle three pack. I'm telling you, the more love triangle three packs. You can get a bunch of cool stuff out of it. And and even though people don't want to hear this, that solves the whole female figures don't sell thing because you can anchor them with with two dudes, like or or you can anchor two 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 uh, beautiful ladies. With one dude figure, and 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 that's your justification to to the guys that are like, oh, we don't know if a crystal figure will sell. Well, Black Knights, the anchor, you know, like Swordsman and Vision are the anchor, you know, Reed and Namor are the anchor, Wolverine and Cyclops are the anchor.
1: Yeah, I like I like the idea of uh, love triangle three packs. Yeah, how do we? here from
2: thunderbolts <laughs> yeah well we're, we're uh, talking about love triangles that johnny johnny crystal and alicia were a love triangle and then if you think about it like ben Grimm used to be with alicia so, you could do
1: like torch Lyra and crystal three pack oh, oh L- elijah or elijah
2: yeah whatever her name was yeah yeah
0: could we ever get the possible first puppet master figure a Marvel-like legend.
2: Oh, oh, make a three-pack of Puppet Master, Alicia, and the Thing, or something? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no one's it, buying it for Puppet Master. I I, I understand that. <laughs> it, it, it
2: should be like Ben Grimm in his wedding tux and Alicia in her wedding gown, and then Puppet Master just in his like, <laughs> villain outfit or whatever, like all stewing and mad. It should come with some clay, too. Yeah, yeah. A clay, a clay sculpture of the Thing. All right,
1: well, right. this was... This was a good pick, Derek. So, like, yeah. yeah, good. Good job. Yeah. So oh, cool. I, I, you have anyone else have any final thoughts or.
2: No, no, I'm good. I, I said my piece. I, I enjoy the issue. I, I have I, I and I recognize I have lots of nostalgia about it. So it might not be everybody's cup of tea. But I thought this was a cool done in one. And it related to the issue of Thunderbolts we we're talking about.
0: I, I like a cup of tea. And uh, the this was a nice little cup of tea
1: cup of tea a cuppa all right well derek why don't you do our usual thing
2: okay if you guys have any comments and or questions or concerns if you have angry angry emails about grotesque cows and their freakish bodies you can send us emails at at podcast at gmail.com if you want to check out the backlog of episodes for justice not entirely dissimilar to lightning a thunderbolts podcast you can direct download them over on the Fanels podcast Dot blogspot.com we're on all kinds of social media where you can be involved in love triangles on social media we're on facebook twitter tumblr instagram and we appreciate all the likes hearts shares and retweets that we receive and we can be streamed we're on apple podcasts google radio uh google blah 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 we're on apple podcasts uh google uh Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And I think that's it. Sweet.
1: So until the next time, uh, keep on uh, sending robot hulks at people. This is Mike signing off.
2: This is Derek, Derek WC signing off.
1: Hey guys, this is Justin, and ha-ha, fooled you. I'm actually the Thunderbolt, Citizen B. You are the real grandson i was. I'm, you're, you're justin's real grandson yeah. thunder, thunder,
0: thunder, 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 thunder.
1: Thunder, feel the thunder, Lightning, thunder,
2: thunder. thunder feel the the the
0: the 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 Thunder, 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 thunder. you know he is a murderous organism designed only for killing why is he in the
2: fucking like microverse? you know like well because it's not really modok i mean it's modok but it's not modok it doesn't, doesn't i
1: work. don't like well i i read they play him for laughs and i'm kind of like what is like, and this is odd, but it's like, what is with them playing Modok? Like, I know they' there's that stupid ass like Pat and Oswald Modok show or whatever, but it's like, wouldn't you want to like subvert expectations with Modok? Like, he looks like you know ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, make like, him like it, it would scary be scary cool. or something. Like, or you know, like some kind of you know what do you call yeah, it, big bad? But
2: ideally. Even to win over the normie audience, what you should do is you have them come out for one scene, everybody chuckles, and then he fucking turns, like, whoever's laughing at him and the audience by proxy into a fucking skeleton or something. And then they're like, oh, shit, this guy is fucking for real, you know?
1: Yeah, I I just feel like, you know, making fun of MODOK is like low hanging fruit, basically, like it's it's too easy.